When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have your company. Hello, everyone. It's Thursday night. It's AFL Team Selections Night here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The teams are in. As we know, we've got a big game tonight. We'll keep you up to date with that uh, during the course of the latter part of uh, the Drive program. But uh, we've got a big game here being played on Sunday afternoon, and that is, of course, West Coast against Carlton. As I mentioned, the team's in. And, of course, the Fremantle Dockers are on their way. They'll take on St Kilda at Marvel. Joining us on a Monday and Thursday is AFL analyst and expert, commentator, and also journalist Kim Hagelin. Kim, good evening to you. G'day, Pete. Um, I thought early in the week that West Coast might beat Carlton. Mm. I'm not convinced now. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. It's going to be a tough one. Um, well, you look at the uh, the selections and some big ins for Carlton. Yeah. You know, Weedering in particular. Oh, well, he plays. In. He plays on Josh Kennedy, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And then you've got the West Coast Eagles, which is interesting uh, with what they've uh, thrown out. Of course, Yo and West are both injured, and then Josh Rotham. Gets dropped again. He's like a yo-yo. Why he's are you surprised? He's in one week. But, he's out the next. But, but why are you surprised, Peter? You you said privately and publicly for many weeks now, possibly even last year as well, West Coast coach Adam Simpson drops the kids all the time. Mm. He never brings back senior players and keeps kids in. And Rotham's, Rotham could even be the next Jared Brander, whereas yeah. he hasn't been developed. His body shape is still like a kid. So where's his weights program been for two or three years? Why did he play in the ruck in the waffle two or three weeks ago and then go in and play as a defender again? I mean, there, there was, there's so many chances whereby West Coast can be developing young players and Rotham looks like Rotham has to go on the market. He, he, has, he has to, to he has go to. Into, he has to knock on someone's door during this next week and say, look, looks like I'm not going to play anywhere in the last six or seven weeks. Uh, why don't I, I'll stay in the waffle and then, but I'll start looking for somewhere else. However, another young player does get a call up though for Rotham's omission is Edwards, and I clearly think that Edwards has gone in to help Barras, Barras with the big, tall, mm. key forwards for Carlton. The likes of Kerno and Mackay have to be played on by people, and I think Edwards. Maybe Rotham was just not quite tall enough or, mm. or thicker body enough. Well, let's have, a listen, to what Adam, let's yeah, have okay. a listen to what Adam Simpson said about the omission of Josh Rotham on the run home. Yeah, look, he's got some things to work on, uh, Shepard. You know, that, uh, I suppose we've actually you know, run a fair few players through that spot, to be honest. We've had, you know, Nelson, Rotham, uh, Witherden, Foley. And um, obviously Jones has gone back as well and... Um, yeah, no one's really grabbed the spot and, and made it their own. So, yeah, whilst there's been um, some, some glimpses of some form, we probably just haven't seen the consistent four quarters from those guys. So, yeah, Ross really clear about what he needs to do. Um, I'm not going to air out all the laundry, but he's, he's, he's working hard on it. And, um, you know, he, he won't die trying, that's for sure. Can I just answer that? 
keep him in for two or three weeks to work on it. Just don't put him in for one week and then drop him out. As I said, and I said repeatedly, and he mentioned a few of the players there, a few of the younger players, the next generation of players, there is self-doubt with a lot of these players. They second-guess whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, knowing that the axe is always hovering just above their neck. I'm not sure what sort of um, coaching direction development that the West Coast Eagles defensive candidates are getting from the defensive coach either. That's a message pretty clear around behind people's backs uh, at West Coast as to what some of these guys are getting, what sort of direction they're getting in terms of defensive strategy, Mm. defensive coaching and defensive development. One thing they can hang their hat back on though, West Coast, is that Bazo's there. What's he played now? Three games. Edwards is there. Jones is starting to I, – I, I sort of have a different view slightly to Adam Simpson there about Jermaine Jones. He probably is nailing down mm. a bit of a creative running defensive halfback or back pocket type. Not seeing a lot of encouraging defensive side of his game. He needs to add a lot of tackling and, and close checking. But certainly Bazo Edwards, Jones are boys that are starting to look as though they're a bit more of a permanent fixture back there. I wonder, though, what that is for their future. Now, Rotham's probably not in the same category. Rotham probably couldn't have taken on Kerno, whereas I think Edwards gets that job. Barras has to stay with McKay. Or even uh, Barras stays closer to goal and Edwards gets if McKay does go up in front of Kerno, for instance, then they perhaps uh, roll off and swap over. But they certainly did need a taller player. And Edwards earned his game in the waffle two or three weeks ago. When they played... Uh, what, 23 marks? Marks, yeah. yeah. Now, how many of those run, uh, were uncontested? stand, chip, 15-metre pass, I'm not sure. But that, that's at least rewarding. And there is some semblance of development and strategy there. I wonder, though, if West Coast are going to persist with that. Because Rotham's not one of those players. He's not, his body's not big enough. So he hasn't had a training development program, a body bodybuilding program for the last two or three or four years. So if he's going to stay that way, he was gonna, wasn't going to be a key position defender. Maybe develop as the eventual replacement for Brad Shepherd. Mm. Saying that... He's that type of player that can so, play versatile, a bit taller, a bit smaller, tight on. Okay, we'll come back to that in a moment. This is what uh, Simo said about the inclusion of Edwards. He's tracking well. He broke some record last week at the Waffle marks or intercept marks or something like that. I think he had 23. <laughs> um, might be a bit different if he's playing on Kerno, but uh, the, the fact is he's in good form. So he went back to the Waffle um, for a couple of weeks and he got to good touch so we'll make that call tomorrow on whether he plays but he's, he's a very strong chance the fact we don't have uh, Yo on the side and young Baz is still learning his craft um, yeah he's a strong chance of playing there you go I Simo go, and Edwards I, well look, am I being a bit too harsh how come Adam Simpson doesn't know why would can't he say? I he took twenty three. Well. He took twenty three marks in the in the reserves two weeks ago uh, eight of them were, were intercepted why doesn't he know that the same as at the start of the season when he was when they were getting top-up players to fill in the place for COVID-ridden boys. Mm. And Adam since I've got to meet him tomorrow. Well, haven't those boys been around the club? Don't they have functions? Don't they have training? Don't you wander around the locker room and introduce yourself? I, I found some of that a bit strange. Okay, you know, just I quickly. I thought most coaches would know what their players are up to, what they're doing in terms of claims. Even the Rotham one, if they're going to go back into the waffle and play in their reserves team, either something specific whether it be, look, you're going back to play centre-half back or full-back, like Edwards has done, to earn a spot as a key defender or a key defensive chance, instead of rucking, or at least accept, well, you rucked because you had to ruck, 
we were stuck. We didn't have anyone to ruck. And thanks for doing that job. But I still want you to develop as a key defender. Mm. Okay. Uh, if you want to get involved with us, uh, you know the numbers at the Temper of Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. 0487 736 736. Jump on now or the Scarborough Toyota Open Line 13 1255. It is a Thursday night and we welcome any input whatsoever from you, our listener here on Drive. Similar argument to what's happened with uh, Josh Rotham at West Coast, I think, can be had with a player that's been omitted again at Fremantle. And Fremantle, we can see more their 18, their four interchange and their four emergency. Yeah. In West Coast's case, just to conclude with their, with their and speculation with their team, because theirs is a team, because it's a Sunday game, as Adam Simpson alluded to there, Peter, talking with Brad Shepherd and uh, Damien Martin a little while ago, that uh, I will finalise that tomorrow. Now, that's what West Coast can do that. My suspicion is with they've got an interchange from. So going into the squad, as you said, Edwards, Kennedy, Withered and Foley, Clark, Cully. Petrevsky seaton I thought was okay last week. Petricelli showed some better signs, still can't kick for goal. True and Williams, Bailey Williams, to share mm. the ruck with Nick Natanui. I think that's their, their, their bench. I think that's their last four. And then... The, uh, the, the sub would come from Witherden or Foley, I reckon, and Clark and Cully perhaps back into the waffle. So that's, uh, even though there's, uh, there's one or two changes there, I think, still think the likes of Petrevsky, Seaton, Petricelli, True and Williams have done enough okay. to stay in the 22. Of course, the star last week for the West Coast Eagles uh, was Tim Kelly, who was just outstanding, BOG by the length of the straight, and he becomes such an important player depending on how the West Coast Eagles will tacker, tackle the remaining games of the season. This is what Adam Simpson said about uh, Tim Kelly. Yeah, he does. He likes playing at the G. Um, uh, if he can get play there more than twice, that'd be handy. <laughs> I suppose if you make finals, you do. Uh, yeah, he, um, oh, he hasn't let us down too often, TK, and... You know, we haven't seen, you know, the midfield group with Nat Nui, Kelly, Shuey, Yo, Gaff, Redden. We haven't seen that complement together. And I think all of our players are better when there's better players around them. And, um, yeah, on the weekend, we, you know, we, we had Shuey playing with Kelly and, and Nat Nui coming to the side. It was only his fourth game this year, Nick. So they make him better. And, and TK's, um, yeah, he's been a great acquisition. We're really proud of what he's done. And we think he's got plenty of footy left. So there you go, Adam Simpson on Tim Kelly. Oh, look, anyone's going to be a lot better as a midfield player at West Coast. Surrounded by those sort of players. With Nick Natanui starting it. Yeah. I think that's the key thing, Peter, is that Natanui back in there just makes everyone, uh, he gives them a confidence, they can actually start running. When he goes up to take a ruck tap, for instance, especially at the centre circle, most of those boys can start running forward because they're anticipating that, you know, seven or eight or nine times out of ten, Nick Natanui's going to win the tap to his first target, who gives it off to his second target. And if Kelly's that second target as opposed to the first receiver, he's clear. And Nick Natanui around uh, leading their ruck, leading their midfield, it's always going to be far more capable and competent for the likes of Shuey and, and even Gaff as an outside receiver, but certainly a Kelly who's, say, that second receiver. And how many times, I think last week was more... Uh, what we saw at Geelong, where he was actually running forward. By the time he received it, he was about the, on, on the line of the centre square running towards the 50-metre arc. That's where you want uh, Tim Kelly to be receiving it. And this week, they, they can see something special this week, I think, at times, um, simply because I think that they not knew he's there, but they're going to have to overcome some of their statistics that have been horrid reading without Nick Natanui 
Now, West Coast, Pete, contested possessions across the course of the season. They're, they're 18th on the list. They ranked 18th with 120 a game. That'd have to lift a heck of a lot mm. against Carlton because Carlton average 145 contested possessions. They're third on that list. And also inside 50s, Carlton averaged 60 a game. They're seventh on the list. West Coast, only, and they're at 18th with 41. So they're going to have to win the ball around this, the congestion, a bit like we saw against Richmond. But it, and, and, and get their numbers, get it in, and so that uh, Josh Kennedy can celebrate. This, this is the start of Kennedy's farewell tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it a farewell series because we anticipate he's only going to play the home games. But uh, three more home games. Josh Kennedy uh, probably kicks the two again this week to, mm. to get 700, so 700 for the for West, Coast. Uh, for West Coast. He kicked 11 with Carlton. And then there's going to be argument tomorrow and over the course of the weekend and straight out of Josh Kennedy. If he misses next week again, especially as we anticipate he will, that uh, where does he sit in terms of an, an all-time great West Coast Eagles player? Mm. He'd be in the top five. Uh, what's your other four? Uh, I'll give you a moment to think about well, it. Well, yeah, like. the, the obvious ones are Peter Matera yeah. and Glenn Jakovich yeah. and, and those sort of players that have been bandied around. But, you know, Dean Kemp's and those sort of players. But as far as the modern day, and people have talked about Chris Judd and, and Ben Cousins yep. and those sort of players, but he'd be right up there, wouldn't he? Oh, well, you're going to go what? For, since Are you going in West Coast Eagles history or just the last 10 or 12 well, or 15 I, years? I, I reckon, last 10 or 12 or 15 I mean, years, he's uh, just about their best. And then you've got Dean Cox, of course, is just Absolutely. outside that. Mm. So I think I agree with you. In the last generation of West Coast Eagles player, by the length of the straight, he's been their best. Mm. By the length. But, of course, as we know, during that 90s period, there was a few... Rolls Royce is going around then, Haggis, let is, me tell you. If you could have him, Josh Kennedy, or Peter Sumich as your full forward, not just pick someone to play around about there. Let's let's think 1990 style of footy when yeah. your full forward started from the goal square. And you led. Against the likes of uh, Chris Langford, you know, <laughs> Steve or Steve Silvani. You started in the goal square, took off, and you wanted Peter Matera or Dean Kemp or Tony Evans to put it right down your throat because this bloke's on my shoulder is going to bury me into the dirt because you used to be able to do that. Mm. Would you take Peter Sumich or Josh Kennedy? You can only have one, Peter. It's a hard one. <laughs> it's a bloody hard one because they're both outstanding footballers and they're both good mates, as we know. And I know that Pete's been a bit of a mentor to Josh Kennedy as well, helping him through this uh, latter part of his you career. can only have oh, one. Let me, let me throw it out. Let you me sound throw like it a out. politician. Yeah, let me throw it out to our listeners on the Tempera Bedshed text line. 0487 736 736. What do you think? I'll give you my opinion. Hags will give his opinion after the break. Plus, Hags has got some more news, the latest on Luke Jackson and also a bit news about Angus Brayshaw and also we'll look at the Fremantle Dockers lineup as they prepare to visit St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. Don't go away. This is Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's AFL Selection Night with Kim Hagdorn. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, it is uh, Drive with Peter Vlahos, AFL Selections Night. And, of course, my co-host on a Thursday is Kim Hagdorn. Uh, a text here on the Temper of Bedshed text line. Hello, Nev, down there at Albany. Hope it's not too cold down there, mate. Oh, Why freezing. don't they play Jai Cully? Why don't we just see uh, how he goes? Try Petrocelli as a halfback with Jones. Speed off halfback as well. That's Nev of Albany regarding the West Coast Eagles. Of course, the other question is... 
Josh Kennedy or Peter Sumich at full forward. Uh, love to hear from you on the temperate bench. Your text line 0487 736 736. Oh, Petricelli has moved up the ground. I'm seeing him more off a wing straight away. So that's also, you know, you push uh, Rioli up high half forward, uh, getting his turn through the centre square. He's not in there all the time, but he's been in there enough. And he gets his couple of clearances a game. He's handy. They get That, that adds a bit of pace. So I think Petricelli up onto the wing is something they're working on. And, and they have to do that because when you look at, We've said this so many times, Peter. West Coast Eagles ageing stars nearing retirement or do they get new deals? Again, it's another question. Do we throw it out? Do you give deals to Shannon Hearn, Nick Natanui, Jack Redden, Jamie Cripps, Andrew Gaff, uh, Elliot Yo, Jeremy McGovern? Whether they stay or not, whether some of them retire at the end of this season, whether Hearn retires with Josh Kennedy by the end of this season or not, Luke Shuey at 32 Jack Redden at 31, and Jack Jack's starting to look like a tired player to me and, and getting his possessions. You can't just say, oh, he's averaging 22 possessions a game because a lot of those are the little cheap ones that are the, the link up, you know, just backward of the centre square, short pass, he chips across to Gaff at the wing, Gaff carries it, hand passes it to mm. someone. They're getting numbers up because I think they're a bit slow movers and that's, that's leaving West Coast vulnerable. That's why they've only averaged 41 inside 50s for the whole season. So you have to look at some of those guys and say, well, are they going to stay around? So Petrocelli has to be tried on a wing. And if he's, if he's no good there, I don't see him as a, as a forward because once Chesser comes in, Chesser's another halfback flank contender as well mm. in his first year. He's quick. So Cully, in answer to the – what was the uh, the text? Uh, so just regarding from, saying – No, no, from the name. Yeah, Nev of Albany. Nev. So just re- responding to Nev – relating to Cully, you'd like to see him play before the end of the season. But by the same token, if Cully goes in there before the end of the season, he's getting a game ahead of other boys who'll be playing for their future as well. I don't see that there's any necessity of that. I'd like to see Jai Cully actually blow some waffle games apart. Just be an on-baller, midfielder, high half-forward, snag a goal or two, even sit in a forward pocket. So learn some more tricks to his trade than just a midfielder even. Off half-back. That's what I think a lot of development has to take place at the waffle level as well as at the training. And just in concluding, before we look at Fremantle, Pete, I have been reliably told that West Coast training today was very enthusiastic, one of their best training sessions of the year. I just wonder if it's because some of their boys that are coming back, and I've questioned them on coming back, are they going to be our last games? Are they going to be our last uh, 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 requirements and last uh, effort after effort? Can they last the rest of the season? The likes of Shuey, and Darling running back into yeah. some better form. All that. Maybe that's becoming, but also the confidence that they can have with Kelly's form and Shuey holding up and Nat Nui in the team. Apparently it was a really brilliant training session today and probably, as I was told, probably the best of the season. So there's some enthusiasm there for a home game and Josh Kennedy's start of his farewell series. Yeah, uh, good comments and it's, uh, encouraging for the West Coast Eagles fans. Let's look at the Fremantle Dockers. Not yep. much change to their squad after their uh, exciting win against Port Adelaide last week. Uh, no wins, but out is uh, Bailey Banfield, who was the Medi sub last week. He's very unlucky because every time he's been given an opportunity, Bailey Banfield, he's grabbed it with both hands and, of course, he's hit the scoreboard. So uh, the emergencies at the moment are Banfield, Croden, Meek and Henry. They've got really some riches there, Fremantle, and they're juggling, certainly, uh, players uh, in relation to their best 22. And Bailey Banfield, unfortunately, is continually to be a casualty. Yeah, and he's in a, he's one of those. He's in a similar category. Would you, would you look elsewhere if you're Bailey Banfield? Has to, but I, I think he's one of these sorts of boys that wants to stay home, wants to stay in mm. Western Australia. 
he's the type of guy that West Coast needs to be looking at even. And I, and I can tell you, Peter, West Coast should have a real good look at Griffin Logue. Griffin Logue, Bailey Banfield. I'm led to believe that West Coast, you know, we've been, we've been asked questions even about yeah. Angus Brayshaw. Led to believe that Angus Brayshaw is someone on West Coast Eagles radars. Now, he actually sits in a pretty good demographic if West Coast did decide to go for Angus Brayshaw. Because Luke Jackson's, oh, I think it's getting so strong. That it's Luke, getting strong, isn't it now? Really powerfully strong. My understanding is that Luke Jackson has actually told Peter Bell and Fremantle people, I'm not interested in West Coast. If I come home, it's you guys, Fremantle. So Fremantle have lodged. Why wouldn't be interested in West Coast? He doesn't want to be part of the rebuild. He doesn't want to have to spend. So he's he's of the view, Luke Jackson and people that are. Is that a real issue for some of the? You mentioned that it might be even an issue for Jeremy McGovern because they offered yeah. him an extension of the contract reportedly, um, and he decided just to pause it for now and just see where it all sits. I don't later. discount Jeremy McGovern not playing beyond next year. His his business is thriving. His body is banged up, and he's convinced also that their rebuild is going to take some time. Luke Jackson, as I understand it, is it's getting to the stage where you're always prepared to declare him. I won't go that far yet. It's round 17, and there's there's a lot to play out, especially with Melbourne's program. Melbourne probably going to play in another grand final, could win a premiership. So, But Luke Jackson has indicated to Fremantle, if I'm coming back, it's you. I'm not interested in West Coast. He's told Peter Bell that. Now, the deal that Fremantle have offered the latest deal to Luke Jackson is it's a seven-year deal because Melbourne are only prepared to go to four or five years. Melbourne have got enough players, Peter, as we, as you alluded to on yeah. Monday night. They've got Oliver, Clayton Oliver, contracted till 2030 on huge money. Petrarca, 2029. Salem and Fritch, so uh, 2026. They've got long-term contracts mm. already that they're committed to. So Luke Jackson, they're not keen to give him the seven-year deal that Fremantle can. So Melbourne are going to struggle to compete even for Luke Jackson with Fremantle. And Fremantle's money is a lot more. It's pushing towards the million dollars a year. So Luke Jackson looking likely to go. Now, that will mean that the likes of an Angus Brayshaw might be able to get a bit better offer. So Brayshaw seems to be sitting back waiting to see what happens with Luke Jackson. Because if Luke Jackson does leave, then what that will leave better money for him. However, West Coast, as I understand it, are looking at possibly a move on Angus Brayshaw. And that would tie in when you look at some of the boys that are going to move from West Coast in the next few years. We've said, you know, the likes of Hearn will go. The, the role that Brayshaw is playing, he could offer West Coast, Shuey will go somewhere in the next year or two. And certainly Redden goes somewhere in the next year or two. Cripps goes somewhere in the next year or two. If they don't go this year... Angus Brayshaw at the age of 26 yeah. becomes a pretty good, and he's a free a restricted free agent at the end of this, so the end of October, Peter. So he could then go to West Coast or get to West Coast through the preseason draft, and West Coast are going to have picks number one or two in mm. that. And the other thing is, just going back to Luke Jackson, which is again now, as you mentioned, firming even more though than it was last week and even the week before that he could go to Frio. Just talking to Colin Young yesterday, mm -hmm. who was in the studio, uh, and he did a bit with the run home. Frio would have to clear a bit of stock to get him. Yeah. So you know the likes of Lob and others. Well, Lob, Lob at, Lob at nearly eight hundred thousand a year. Yeah. So they'll have to clear a bit, and and Griffin Logue would be another one. Blake Acres. Did you? Did he Blake mention Blake Acres? He did. He mentioned Blake Acres. So I'm surprised. At what I'm hearing repeatedly, that Blake Akers is on the market and he's having his best season. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, I mean, some scribes have actually, you know, mid-season round the buy. Is that because it's starting to be to fester a bit because they know they're about to 
to get him and they need to clear the decks. And they're thinking, well, who do we clear? Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, well, Blake Akers has fallen into the whirlpool. Well, there's a few others that they will clear, I reckon, Fremantle, as part of the Luke Jackson uh, arrangement, the deal, the clean out to bring in Luke Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd do anything. It will include – Rory Lobb's got a deal. Now, I know there's speculation about the Bulldogs. I'm prepared to say I think he's going to the Bulldogs, but I know he's, he's got a deal. Colin Young has a deal for, for Rory Lobb. Griffin Logue mm-hmm. will get a deal. Now, how much more that is what Fremantle offers Griffin Logue depends on where Griffin Logue goes, but he doesn't want to leave Western Australia. So, again, it puts West Coast very much into the market for Griffin Logue. He'd be handy to West Coast. Very handy. Back pocket. And we're talking there about, you know, who might go. And we look at West Coast team for this week. You know, when, I'm not convinced with all of these boys, but Jeepers, if, if the likes of uh, Griffin Logue was available and could help out uh, Tom Barras and could replace Shannon Hearn, for instance, mm. as, a, as a, a third tall defender, he could replace, say, ultimately a Brad Shepherd. So he becomes someone else that they could look at. Blake Akers, the likes of, uh, I reckon, also Joel Hamling. He's contracted till the end of next year as well, but... They won't keep him. No. I'd be surprised if they keep him. And the other one is Connor Blakely, who's mm. about a $400,000 a year player. He won't be there. He won't yeah. so well. He, he is out of contract this year. So immediately they've got a lot of players, even the David Mundy. David Mundy, David Mundy's 37 on the 20th of July. <laughs> There's got to be some doubts here. They, they could clear the money, Fremantle, to bring in Luke Jackson. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, James from Canning Vale. Great show, Pete and Hags. Do you think Eagles and Frio win this week? We'll come back with our okay. selection, James, towards the end of the program. Hang in there. 29 past five. The temperate bedshed text line is open and humming for you. 0487 736 736. Or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13 12 55. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Let's look at some of the uh, AFL issues uh, before we go to Lisa, who's given us a call on the uh, Scarborough Toyota open line. Hags, you haven't had a chance to make comment on this. This is Stewie Jew. We got a two-year extension on his contract yesterday, the Suns coach. Yeah, well, it's an opportunity to, to, to make it work. Um, you know, stability is the key in any successful club. And, and with this, I guess, this decision, that's, that's what we've uh, signed up for. The players have signed up for that. And so now it's our opportunity to make the most of. And I think that's, that's our driving factor. Um, you know, we want to be um, a successful footy club that can contend. Um, so I think... Ultimately, that's why we're all here. Um, we've all signed up. We're all committed. Um, that's on and off the field. So I guess um, two years is reasonably standard. Um, but also, you know, I think that that's enough security to, to get after what we need. Um, clearly, we're f- chasing our first finals appearance. So, you know, w- where that happens in the next period, obviously, the quicker the better, Tom. So um, that's our driving motivation. Stuart Jew, did it surprise you? No, 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 no. Um, The only thing I'd say I'm a little bit surprised it's come this early, the way they've been talking, Mark Evans in particular, Mm. the chief executive, uh, you wondered if it was going to be till later in the season. I I feel, though, like sitting at seven and eight, they've become hard to beat at home. Now, that's critical to to a a business model, isn't it? That at home you're trying to sell seats, you're trying to sell corporate packages, you're trying to attract sponsorship. So Gold Coast have been hard, become hard to beat at home. They've, they've won three and lost three. 
at Metricon. And their only three losses were to Melbourne by 13 points. They got belted by Brisbane uh, back in round six, 52 points. And then Collingwood by just four points. So they're seven and eight. And their last two weekends, they've lost to Port away by two points. And then by five points, they lost to Collingwood up at Metricon. Now Collingwood up and running. And, and they were right in that. So I think they had to. Colin kicked the last three goals of the game. Yeah. I think they had to confirm as early as, like now, that Stuart Jute is, is going to continue. And I reckon there's been a player's endorsement of Stuart Jew as well. No doubt he's got the, the players playing for him. They're supporting him mm. on his journey. And that's so very important, unlike what's happening at North Melbourne. Oh, I mean, North Melbourne, North Melbourne's become laughable. It's, it's it's absolutely it's a, blight, it's a blight on the AFL. Yeah, well, the AFL. Have, uh, my understanding is the best I could pick up yesterday talking to someone who's pretty close to the likes of Jeff Walsh was that the AFL are going to have to get involved in this. Uh, Gillan McLaughlin's going to have to step in because it, it's worse than a primary school faction carnival dispute. <laughs> the, the stuff that the likes of Noble and the chairperson are saying publicly, mm. as well as Ben Amafio. It's it's terrible. They are deluded that they're doing a good job. So we can all see that. They can't. So that that's that's that is just a laughing stock. Yeah, and it's gonna be difficult to get them back, actually. That the yeah. fans, the corporate support, North Melbourne are in for a very tough time. Uh had they been in any normal private business, they'd be bankrupt by now. No question. They'd be well, out of business. They're lucky they're being supported by an industry that props clubs that are struggling up. And when the AFL. And that's why the, the AFL, AFL be paying for them. Exactly. In any other normal business, they'd be bankrupt out of business. Let's go to Lise. Hello, okay. Lise. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hello, Lisa. Hope you're both going well. Thank you. Um, you haven't been sitting up watching the tennis all night, you guys, have you, like me? Uh, I've been watching a bit of it, uh, Lise, but the beauty these days, you can always watch it on uh, catch-up, and that's what I've been doing a bit, <laughs> let me tell you. No, I can't, I can't do that, Peter. I've got to sit and watch it. Right, good so, on you. Um, just with Peter Sumich and um, mm. JK, mm. I, I can't split I can't split them. <laughs> it is hard to split. <laughs> You've joined Peter Blah sitting on the fence. How's yeah, the fence, know, you two? The pickets are pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, guys, I was watching young Daniel Venables on the TV last night and mm-hmm. it was, I, and it was just so, it, it was just awful to, to listen to that young guy and, and what he's been through. And, um, Haggis, I think it's just appalling the way, the way the AFL have, have dealt with this. And, um, especially to tell a young guy that not to do anything about anything and put him on antidepressants. Like... That's just atrocious. Mm. That is clearly all going to come out uh, even stronger because uh, the boy is taking action against uh, the AFL, isn't he, to, for, for his loss of earnings, not just for the current uh, time, his playing career, his projected playing career, but probably for the rest of his life. So he, he's going to be a bit of a case in point, isn't he? Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, and, Lisa, anything else you'd like to add? Um, I just, yeah, just quickly on um, Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. Um, love him or hate him, he, he can play tennis. Um, but this this latest thing that's come out with the you know with the um, domestic violence thing, yeah. I I'm, I I question the timing of this. Yeah, no, I brought it like, up last ha- night at least. I brought it up last night, even though the other uh, party involved in this uh, said it. Uh, 
she addressed it in December, and it's unfortunately only come to light this week, which, you know, you can give or take. Whether that's true or not true, we'll have to wait and see. But in the end, it, yeah, the timing's pretty poor, but he was good last night, you know, and in straight sets. So he's on his way to a semi final against Rafael Nadal, and who knows? Uh, he could. He's got the best serve in world tennis at the moment. Oh, if he gets his really? serve going, he's got the best serve in world tennis. So we'll have to see what happens. And, Lisa, uh, thanks for joining us. The other thing that I found very disturbing, and now we're in the media. We're in the media. And Isla Tomlanovic, who lost a quarterfinal last night, Haggers, and we'll, make, we'll talk from a media perspective here, kindly went up to the press conference. They're obligated to do the press conference. And the first question, because her and Nick were an item a few years ago. They were uh, out together. A partnership, and the first question that she was asked, not about losing, not about Nick Curious, was it? Please, yeah, it said, and this is the quote. Sorry to start on this subject. Very so first that's the, question. That's the comment. That's the media person. This is the media person. Very first question. Sorry to start on this subject. The reporter began. What was your experience of being in a relationship with him? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since you know our relationship ended. So. Um, Obviously, I've always kept my relationship very private, and I would like to keep it like that. I'm not—I'm definitely against domestic violence, and I hope, you know, um, it gets resolved. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had that experience with him. Brilliantly answered. Brilliantly, well, she, she, would have been, she would have been rocked by that question. Mm. It was the very first question at the press conference. Well, that, that's not that's not fair in itself. Yeah. I mean, you surely, you know, you wait till if you have to ask that question. If you've been told by a news uh, editor somewhere, make sure you hit her up about yeah. her relationship with Nick Kurios. Uh, you'd wait till later on, yeah. please. But the the composure from the I the, thought it was outstanding. Was outstanding. I, not, I wanted just... to play it because I thought she handled it very, very well. It would have been a tough situation for her because she just lost as well. So. She could easily have been a bit grumpy yeah. and sort of said, oh, I don't, I'm not prepared to talk yeah. about that here. Can yeah. we have next question, please? And we would have gone, well, you probably could have. No, she's very, very mm. Uh, mm. articulate, okay. greater, greater plum. Uh, let's talk about the other issues. Now, we spoke about Stewie Jew. Uh, this was Dustin Martin yesterday when he was asked about a growing groundswell of thoughts that he's uh, heading to the Harbour City. Dusty's hammy okay. Dustin? Are you going for a scan? Just getting the hammy checked out. Hoping it's just tight, mate. I thought you said it was an interview. <laughs> there was nothing from Dustin Martin, was Let it? me tell you, Hags, I've done that many, many oh, times. Yeah, all the years TV, TV, TV. Uh, it is sometimes but the thing is very that, demoralising. But Dusty, of course, didn't flinch. Tell me if I'm wrong here, television man. Well, the thing is with that... Whether he says something or not, you've got the vision. That's all it is. That's, that's go, all it is. That, that's that's where it's, all it is. I actually think the AFL, as the trendsetters for potential uh, marketing and brand imaging, has got to get this toe-stopping with their players better done, mm. far better done. It should be the players should be more often in their club outfits and someone should control that. You know, clearly, club media should be with him there to say, hang on, hang on, everybody. Please don't do that. Dustin will give you a couple of moments in a moment. 
And then that media person says, Dustin, just, all they're going to ask you about is your hamstring and so on, but also be prepared for a Sydney question. I think you should say such and such, such and such, such and such. If it's going to be done like that, do it more professionally because yeah. the AFL still has a lot of amateur areas for Can mine. I tell you, and, and looking at what happens around the world, we've said it many, many times. It's clandestine, the AFL. It's clandestine. There are other organisation and sports people that are far more open, like Ayla Tomlanovic was very open there, and she answered it beautifully. But don't they get paid to go to media conferences? I mean, I, is that part know, of their contract? Yeah, I think but, it's part of Well, contract. same in the AFL. They've got, they're obligated, part of their huge uh, salary, to go to media conferences. They've got, at least they've got to give the, the supporters and the general footy mm. public something. But they, are, they struggle. They struggle at the AFL. Why didn't someone say to Dustin Martin yesterday, Dustin, I need to talk to you about the news, the reports yeah. of you going to Sydney. We can see you're going for scans. Yeah. What and about Sydney? And the other because thing, that's getting really strong, you know. Exactly. And I spoke to Brad Shepherd. We did the run home together on Friday, and yep. we spoke about the media and all the media training that these footballers in the AFL get. I said, Brad, before you used to front and you were, you were highlighted to do the media conference on a Tuesday afternoon, were you briefed on, if you ask this question, this is your answer. If you're asked this question, this is your answer. That is the standard. He says, yeah, all the time. Mm, yeah. Uh, however, some clubs have greater faith in their players and their staff to know what's, how best to handle themselves anyway. And I know, for example, someone who went from one of the teams in this town to a team in the Eastern States. And when he was about to do his first media conference, he went into the media managers and football managers' offices separately and said to each of them, what do you want me to say? And they shrugged their shoulders. What do you mean? Mm. I've got a media conference this morning. Well, just say what you think. Yeah. That's how we are. Yeah. We trust our our whole culture, our whole environment. So it's to a club-by-club club, a a, club club basis. I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah I, okay. I think if West Coast – I'm a little bit surprised that West Coast have done that. Certainly Fremantle do a lot of that mm. with, their, with mm. their staff. Well, that's what Brad mentioned Younger on list. Friday. Younger yeah. list, though, Fremantle. Okay, Hags, we'll clear a break and come back with all the last-minute news here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, AFL Selections Night with Kim Hagdorn. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Running out of time. Here we are. Get through. Haggers uh, from Graham. I'm not sure we can really answer this in the context that uh, Graham wants us to. Haggers, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on recent news regarding Daniel Venables and his serious mismanagement by AFL medical staff. On top of a large payout to Daniel, I would have thought the Eagles have a claim to be compensated for the AFL's doctor mismanaging a first-round draft pick like this. That's uh, word so for that's, word for what Graham has put on the uh, temperate bench. So Graham's line. suggesting that the AFL doctors are the ones that mm. are at fault here. Um, gee, you're stepping into pretty murky waters, pretty questionable area, Graham. Yeah. Um, you're across, you're clearly across it. Good on you. Um, I'd be cautious of buying in because I'm not sure whether it was uh, which doctors have made those sorts of adjudications. Yeah, clearly, yeah. the boy is in big trouble and he deserves to be compensated. One thing I'd like to say before we close on uh, running away from with time and and Fremantle, it's just a, it's just such a really critical game I reckon for St Kilda yeah. on Saturday night, and I th- I think Fremantle again and they showed something last week when oh, we didn't yeah. expect it against Carlton. Yeah, no, and they're you know when they play their best, St Kilda they're like a few of the teams. Carlton, for instance, when they play their best, they're dangerous. Uh, Sydney, when they play their best, they're dangerous, but they are they're, they're all flaky. And even Carlton, I, I think they're flaky for, for their time against West Coast uh, on, on Sunday afternoon because, you know, they've lost nine last quarters 
They're one of the best scoring teams in the competition in the first half, and they rank 15th for second half scoring. Carlton fade. So yeah. West Coast hang in there and be about the place. With with St Kilda, their best will challenge, I think, Fremantle because they've got the big, strong, hard workers around the ball. They've got forwards that can challenge Fremantle. And I think I, I perhaps underestimated, certainly going to last week, the likes of Battle and, and Wilkie. Uh, they, they lose Dougal Howard this week. And the likes of Matt Taberner being played, I think it's a big risk for Fremantle. I think it's a massive risk for Fremantle to be playing. Matt Taberner offers six – hamstring strain, couldn't finish the game. Mm. And offers six-day break and a travel, a plane, bus trip and plane flight, hotel bed. Taberner's going to play on Saturday evening. That's a big risk to me. And I wonder if – Lloyd Meek travels because if Lloyd Meek travels, I think there's still there's some doubt. doubts on Tabiner because yeah. Meek would have to ruck and Lob would have to stay forward with uh, the likes of uh, Griffin Logue. I think that's at risk. I think also Bailey, Bailey Banfield. You mentioned him. He has to travel. He'll be their sub, I reckon. Okay. Haggers, just quickly, um, before you get your selections, at the moment the top eight, as we know, is Melbourne, Geelong, Brisbane, Fremantle, Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond and, and the Swans. Nan, just out on percentages, St Kilda and then a further game behind the Western Bulldogs. And, of course, the others, including Gold Coast and Port Adelaide, are two games plus percentage out. So it's down to a run in 10 now, 10 to get into eight. The most vulnerable one, you think, in the top eight is Sydney. And if that's the case, is it St Kilda or the Bulldogs who go in? St Kilda? Neither. Neither? You think think it's set? I think think the top eight is set. And I think the Bulldogs will finish ninth. Port will finish 10th. I think Melbourne, Geelong. So where's St Kilda going to finish? Below that. So you reckon yeah. St Kilda could finish as low as 13th, yeah. 12th, 13th? 9th or 10th, 9th, 10th, 11th. That's Bulldogs, Port. See, St Kilda aren't in there. That's Port, even Port lower than that. Port, Port Bulldogs, St Kilda, Port will finish 9th, 10th, 11th in whatever combination. Okay. I, I think the top eight is pretty well said. I so, think Fremantle. So you think Sydney will hang in? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I've actually got Sydney winning. Uh, enough games to finish, uh, you know, high in that. Well, they've won nine. You'd think they'd have to win. To get into the top eight, you probably have to win, what, 13? I think this year you'll need 13. It'll be the the sixth time this century that you'll need 13. The last time was 2018 when GWS and Geelong both had 13 wins to make it into the final eight. In 2015, North Melbourne was there without going back through them all. I've got Sydney. They lost to Essendon last week, which I was surprised. Mm. I think they'll beat the Bulldogs. They've got Fremantle here, which is a crucial one. They'll beat Adelaide. They'll beat GWS. They'll beat North Melbourne. They then have Collingwood, and I think they can beat St Kilda in the last game of the season when they might be playing for a spot, St Kilda, in the eight. But I think the, I think the top eight is set, and I think the battlers are going to become – you know, and history shows at round 17 that usually about 7.8 – 7.8 of the top eight are, are established. Seldom is there a move between the outside the top eight and the eight after round 17. When will North Melbourne move on David Noble? A couple of weeks, I reckon. Another couple of weeks, you reckon? A couple of weeks. Gee, he's, he's digging in, though. He's pr- clearly not indicating in the slightest that he's doing a, a poor job. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, and I find it staggering. And his media conference yesterday, he looks like just so confident. And the stuff he was talking about, I haven't heard that sort of rubbish since listening to Damien Drum when we were forced to have him yelling and screaming at us back in 2000 and 2001 before he got sacked after round nine. They've lost their last uh, 11 games, 12, 12, 13, 13 games. 
at an average of 63 points a game. Well, could they and move him as early as next week if they get belted by Collingwood by another 80 to 100 points? One thing about Collingwood, uh, they could, but I'd be surprised. I reckon they have to wait until there is a review concluded by Jeff Walsh. One thing about Collingwood, they're ninth for scoring. I know they're in the top six and top eight and probably going to stay there. But they, I don't know if they can actually demolish a side. Mm. I'm going for Geelong tonight. Sydney to beat the Bulldogs. Collingwood to beat North easily. Richmond over Gold Coast. Fremantle, question mark. I think they should win. Port over GWS. Adelaide, question mark over Hawthorne. They should win. Carlton, I think, will beat West Coast now, Peter. And Brisbane, even with all their outs, a lot of players injured and uh, unwell, should beat Essendon. West Coast have got some flu. There's a lot of flu around West Coast. Was troubling some of the boys at training today. Good on you, Haggis. Thanks for that. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. We'll catch you again on Monday from 5.